Hello and welcome to the West Road and Wesley Community Church Listen Again podcast. We are delighted that you're joining us. Our prayer is that what you hear today encourages you and builds your faith. Hello everybody, lovely to see you all again and welcome to our series, the third part in our series of I Will follow. My name's David Oakley and I'm from West Road, Wesley Community Church, where I lead as the pastor here. And so I'm just delighted you can join us in this series because at the end of the day, we all follow somebody. We all follow something. And today we're looking at the core of what we follow. So do you have a mantra in life that you follow? You know, is it live and let live or dog eat dog or, you know, education is everything? What? You know, what is your mantra? What is the core? What is the center of you follow? Because I want to really compare that with what I follow, or more importantly, who I follow, which is Jesus, and looking at the core of his teaching. And so we're going to do some comparisons today, and I hope you'll stick with me over the next 20, 25 minutes or so as we get stuck into this, the core of following and why it's important. So as I think about the core of following Jesus, For me, it's all about his teaching, and it's about living out his teaching. It's about holding on and his teaching coming out in my life. It's not just the accumulation of teaching. It's not just knowing your Bible, knowing your Bible verses. It's about it coming out as an expression of your life. Why do I think this is the core of Christianity? Well, as we're going to discover three points that really show why this core teaching of Jesus is so important. First of all, it'll help us experience a sense of liberty and freedom. Secondly, it'll give us a sense of legitimacy and authenticity. And thirdly, it's going to help our hearing and our listening. So they're the three things we're going to fly into in a few minutes. But firstly, let's just take a step back because we're in the third part of our series and think about what is involved about following Jesus. What's, What's it all about? And we've talked about this in the last two talks. And it's all about being this lifelong follower apprentice to be with Jesus so as to become more like him and to carry out his plans and his purposes. So if you ask me what discipleship is all about, well, that's the word that's used over 200 times in the Bible for following Jesus. It's all about being with Jesus. It's by becoming the person of Jesus and it's carrying out the purposes of Jesus. So in a way, I'm encouraging us to be taught and trained pupils and adherents of Jesus for the rest of your life. That's the journey. That's the adventure. And the teaching of Jesus is absolutely core to this, because how can we be like Jesus unless we understand what he's teaching, what's on his heart, what's important, and how can we carry out his purposes unless we know them? So this is why the core of following Jesus is so important. And to help us with that today, we're going to go back to an eyewitness account from one of the followers of Jesus. It was a guy called John. He was a fisherman and Jesus asked him to come and follow him. And he did for the rest of his life. And John, after Jesus died, rose again and ascended to heaven, wrote this reflective account. It's the fourth book in the second part of the Bible, the New Testament. And you can read about the life of Jesus. And the emphasis of the writings of John is that Jesus equals God. Jesus equals God. And that's why his teaching is so huge to us, because it's not just human teaching. It's not just some great philosopher's teaching. This is God's teaching to us as through the person of Jesus. 
And that's why it's powerful. That's why it's life-changing. That's why it's so insightful, because it comes from God. So what a great core to have to our Christianity. And we're going to jump in at John chapter 8, where Jesus is at a great Jewish festival and celebration in Jerusalem. And he interrupts the celebration, if you like, to start teaching people. And as we've talked about previously at times, Jesus is teaching his marmites. People either love it or hate it. It divides people. And this is where we're going to jump in as people start to question all about the teaching of Jesus. So if you've got your Bibles and you want to follow the PowerPoints that I keep clicking on, just stick with me over the next few minutes or so as we get stuck into this idea of the teaching of Jesus liberating, legitimizing and helping with our listening. So first of all, let's think about the idea of the teaching of Jesus liberating us. You might find that's quite a radical concept because it's often Christianity is boxed to something that's very limiting. It's don't do this, don't do that, it's no fun. And yet actually, Jesus' teaching causes us to fulfill the potential in life. Rather than falling short on what we can achieve, it liberates us into us. So at this time, if I was to ask you, what do you want to be set free from right now? What do you want to be liberated from? What would you say? I think all of us would say the rules and regulations around this pandemic lockdown. Yeah? We want to be free. We want to see people. We want to hug people. We want to connect with people. We want to travel. We want to see family. We want to see friends. We want to hang out. There's millions of things we want to be free to do. And God willing, in these coming months, we'll increasingly be able to experience that. But even with that in place, we still need this extra from Jesus to really liberate us, to fulfill our God-given potential. And so let's jump into John chapter 8, verses 31 to 32, to explore the liberating effect of the teaching of Jesus. It says in John 8, 31, To the Jews who believed him, Jesus said, If you hold on to my teaching, you really are my disciples. Then you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. So Jesus had been teaching. A number of people had started to believe. They said, yeah, Jesus, he's from God. He must be from God. Look at his miracles. Listen to his teaching. But Jesus said, just believing that he's from God isn't enough. Just believing he's some kind of holy man isn't enough. He said, look, if you really are going to follow me, if you really are going to be disciples, you need to hold on to my teaching. His teaching needs to hold our minds, needs to hold our hearts, needs to hold our ambitions, our agendas, everything. Suddenly it's his teaching influences everything we do. And if we grasp that, we realize his teaching, which is truth, is liberating. You see, Jesus was truth personified. If you want to know what truth is, we don't point to a book necessarily, we point to a person, we point to Jesus. He is God. He is truth personified and truth liberates us. It presents us with a true picture of our reality. And sometimes we get deceived. Sometimes we listen to lies and miss that. But the teaching of Jesus deals with this and nails this. It gives us a truth, helps us deal with the reality that is liberating. The Jewish listeners, they weren't convinced though. Listen to this in verses 33 and 34. They answered him, we are Abraham's descendants, never been slaves of anyone. How can you say that we shall be set free? Jesus replied, very truly, I tell you, everyone who sins is a slave to sin. So we see the disagreement. Jesus says, I've come to liberate you. And they said, we don't need liberating. We've never been slave to anybody. 
But that was a joke. That wasn't the truth. All they had to do was look around Jerusalem and they'd see Roman centurions and soldiers walking around because they were an occupied nation. They were enslaved under the Roman Empire. So straight away, they're not really handling the truth well. And in addition to that, Jesus goes even deeper. Even if the nation was liberated, he said, actually, you've got a problem within yourself. You're a slave to this word sin. This me, me, me factor within us. This rebellion within all of us that wants our own way. That says, God, I want to be God, not you be God. I want to do my thing. Me, me, me. And Jesus said, this is a slaving. It's addictive and it ruins lives. And so he's challenging these people. He's saying, hey, face the truth. And he continues in verses 35 and 36. He says, Now a slave has no permanent place in the family, but a son belongs to it forever. So if the son sets you free, you will be free indeed. He gives this contrast. Slave, son. Slave is owned. A slave does what they're told. A slave is imprisoned, if you like, and without any of the potential privileges of freedom. He says, contrast that to a son. They've got a future. They're loved. They're in the present. They've got, they can liberate others. And in a way, he's saying, what do you want to do? Live as a slave or live as a son? Do you want to live a liberated life? Because I can set you free as the son of God. Because this sin thing is within us, we need someone from outside of us to help us deal with the problem. That's what Jesus did. When he came to this earth, he presented his teaching. He lived a life that was perfect. He died on a cross to take our place and save us from this sin, me, me, me factor. And he said, this is what's offer. My teaching, if you follow it, if you obey it, it's going to be liberating. And so the message continues with Jesus as he now moves on to the sense of authenticity, moves on to the sense of legitimacy. I don't know, where do you want authentic influence? Where do you want legitimacy? Because sometimes we can have a nice title. Maybe you've got a door at work with a title on. And you might have all the titles in the world, but people won't follow you. People won't give you your credibility. People just won't get your legitimacy. And this is what Jesus is talking about. Because these Jewish people, they're claiming to be somebody. And Jesus says, the reality is you're not those people. You're not legitimate. Whereas if you hold on to my teaching, I will give you this legitimacy. I will give you authentic influence. Let's listen again to the words of Jesus, verse 37 and 38. Jesus says, I know you're Abraham's descendants, yet you're looking for a way to kill me because you have no room for my word. I'm telling you what I've seen in the Father's presence and you are doing what you have heard from your father. So they've got the title on the door, we're Abraham's children. We're the children of God. And Jesus said, yeah, but the reality is you're trying to kill the son of God. How can you belong to God? And yet you're trying to kill God, if you like. He emphasizes you've got no room for my words. You've got no space in your thinking and in your hearts for what God is trying to communicate to you. There is a legitimacy issue here. You claim to be one thing, but the reality is something completely different. And this is what Jesus starts to call them out on. They, of course, weren't happy and they responded in 39 and 40. They said, Abraham is our father. They answered and Jesus replied, if you were Abraham's children, then you would do what Abraham did. 
As it is, you're looking for a way to kill me, a man who has told you the truth that I heard from God. Abraham did not do such things. They're trying to play this religious heritage card. We're related to Abraham, the father of the faith. That's enough. We're his children. And Jesus said, no, it's not enough. You have to actually live out what Abraham was all about, which is someone who held onto the instruction and teaching of God. And he's saying, if Abraham was alive, he would have embraced what I'm teaching. He knows I'm from God. He would have listened to me because it's God's word. And so do you have that space in your heart or you're playing the Christian label or whatever label you want to play? I'm religious. I go to church. I know parts of my Bible. I pray. I'm good. Really? Are you holding on to Jesus' teaching? Is there this gap between your title and what's coming out in reality? Because this is what Jesus is calling out these people. He continues in verses 41 and 42. You are doing the works of your own father. We are not illegitimate children, they protested. The only father we have is God himself. Jesus said to them, if God were your father, you would love me. For I have come here from God. I have not come on my own. God sent me. So they're still playing this religious card. We belong to God the Father. And Jesus says, it's not true. Because if we were, you would love me because I am God. I am from God. If you are passionate about God, you'd be open to me. That's where the legitimacy comes from. So Jesus is calling us to remember him, to think about him, to hold on to his teaching, to make space in our hearts and our lives for him, to love him because of what he's teaching here. And this will give us authenticity. This will give us legitimacy. So what we say comes out in our behavior because that's what Jesus did. That's what we're looking for. And lastly, we want to see this listening. Do you ever get frustrated when you can't really hear? I think during uh, the pandemic and the lockdown, we've seen that because we're having to do so much on Zoom. But if your Wi-Fi is a little bit dodgy, suddenly you can't hear people. It's so frustrating and they can't hear you. Or maybe you're watching your favorite TV program and the kids are kicking off or the dog's barking. And you just can't hear and it just frustrates you. Well, Jesus is going to talk about listening right now as he again challenges the people who are listening to him at that time. John 8, 43, 44 says, why is my language not clear to you? Because you are unable to hear what I say. You belong to your father, the devil. You want to carry out your father's desires. He was a murderer from the beginning, not holding to the truth, and there is no truth in them. So Jesus says, we've got a problem here. You're just not listening. First of all, you don't want to listen. And guess what? That's led to an incapacity to listen. You're unable to hear what I say, unable to appreciate what I'm saying. And Jesus roots it back to who we belong to. If we belong to God, we'll hear the words of God. If we don't belong to God, then we won't. And this is the implication that Jesus says, actually, because you don't belong to God, you belong to Satan. Satan, deceit, lies, murder. This is all the stuff that's in their hearts. They're living a lie. They're claiming to be somebody they're not. They're being deceitful to themselves and they want to kill Jesus. They're the embodiment of what Satan is all about. So Jesus is saying, how can you claim to know God, to be God's children when you live in this completely contrary life? Jesus carries on in verses 44. 
When the devil lies, he speaks his native language, for he's a liar and the father of lies. Yet because I tell the truth, you do not believe me. Can any of you prove me guilty of sin? If I'm telling the truth, why don't you believe me? Jesus is calling on people to examine the evidence. He said, look, examine Satan, examine me. Look at my life. Is there any difference between what I say and what I do? Is there any hypocrisy? Am I saying one thing and doing something completely different? Or are they completely and perfectly matched up? He said, unlike Satan who promises the world, takes something evil and tries to make it look beautiful so we'll fall for it. See this contrast here. And Jesus is saying, look, this is what's blocking the listening here. You can't hear properly because your mind's full of lies, full of deceit. It's a reflection of the person you belong to. Whereas if you're mine, and if you understand me, if you see the evidence of my work, you say, do you know what? Jesus is truth and it's his teaching, his following, I want to hang on to. And Jesus summarizes it at the end here in verse 47. Whoever belongs to God hears what God says. The reason you do not hear is that you do not belong to God. Very black and white statement. You can hear from God if you belong to God. If you don't belong from God, you're going to struggle to hear from him. So that begs the question, doesn't it, as I come to a conclusion. Do you belong to God? Do you belong to Jesus? Do you follow Jesus? And if you say you do follow Jesus, is it legitimized by you holding on and hanging on to the core of following, which is his teaching? Is that shaping your life? Because as we grasp that bit, then suddenly we can hear far better. We can hear from God. We can understand the teaching of God. And this helps us to kick on in following God and being more like Jesus and carrying out his purpose. So if you want to belong to Jesus, please do get in touch with us here at the church. We'd love to help you on that journey. We run alpha courses. We, yeah, just email us, uh, you know, David david.oakley at westroad.org.uk. And I'd love to help you on that journey or just hit on the chat button. We've got people who can pray for you. If you want to make that step and invite Jesus into your life, say, yeah, I want to belong to God because I want to hear and listen to God. That's a great statement about following Jesus. So, action points. As I said earlier, it's, this hasn't been an academic exercise. I don't want you just accumulating more knowledge in your head because that's not what following Jesus is all about. It's got to come out in our lives. So what's Jesus saying to you right now about living out his teaching? What are you going to do about it this week? Two suggestions from me. You may have a different one, but these are just two suggestions from me. Firstly, how are you going to listen and know more of Jesus' teaching? Are you going to do some work on your calendar, your agenda, your timetable, your diary, and just say, I am going to book in some quality time to listen more to Jesus by getting more into his teaching that we find in the Bible? And secondly, what are you going to do to apply the teaching of Jesus? What have you heard today that you're going to apply? Not so much my words, but the words from the Bible I've read. Has some of them spoken to you? Has someone said something to you that means you're going to cause a change in your life? Because that is truly following Jesus in applying his word. Let me just help you. I just want to give a very practical example on how to get more into the teaching of Jesus or how to get more out of the teaching of Jesus and see it in application. So what do you need to know more and live by the teaching of Jesus? Well, I'm going to suggest six things for you. First of all, 
need a Bible. You might have one on your phone, but a Bible is a star because that's where you find the main block of Jesus' teaching. Then you're going to need a pen and a notebook because as you ask questions and get some answers, it, it's great if you write it down. A mentor friend of mine used to say, David, if you don't write it down, it doesn't count. So whatever you learn, whatever you sense God's saying to you from a Bible, then write it down and particularly write out the application and pray, talk to God about it. Have a chat, ask him to speak to you. Set apart some time. I'm suggesting maybe 20, 30 minutes a day where you just have that little block of time. You might want to do more, which is great. Or maybe a little bit shorter as you get started. You know, the length of time isn't that important, but do set aside some time. And something which I haven't been able to bring with me is a spade. You need a spade if you're going to discover more about the teaching of Jesus because you need to do some digging. You need to dig into what Jesus is telling you. And so some questions to help you do those digging. Five questions I've got listed here. Actually, four questions. What do the verses tell me about God? As you choose a Bible passage, maybe you've got the Bible app and you're just following through some kind of reading plan, or maybe you've just opened up your Bible and just want to start at a particular book. Whatever the book is or whatever those verses are, ask these questions. What do these verses tell me about God? Secondly, what do these verses tell me about people or even myself? Thirdly, what do these verses tell me that I should do? That's the application question. And fourthly, who am I going to tell about what I have learned and discovered as a result of hearing the teaching of Jesus? So you see, there is an accumulation of knowledge, but the knowledge doesn't stay in the head. When we ask these questions, it comes out in our lives. So as we think about the Bible passage today, what do these verses tell me about God? Well, it tells us that God is truth. God wants to liberate us. God wants to legitimize us. God wants to help our listening. What do these verses tell us about people? We're sinful. We fall short. We fail. We deceive ourselves. Yet we've got an opportunity to belong to God. What do these verses tell me that I should do? Well, they tell us very clearly we should hold on to the teaching of Jesus. We should let the teaching of Jesus shape our lives. Who am I going to tell about what I've discovered? Well, I've done that because I've told you. Well, who are you going to tell? So that's my challenge this week. Get into the teaching of Jesus. Let it shape your life. This is the core of Christianity. This is the core of following Jesus. Go and have a great week holding on to his teaching. If you enjoyed today's podcast, we'd love to hear from you. So check us out on social media at West Road Church BSE or go to our website, www.westroadchurch.org.uk. Thanks for listening and have a great day.